Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. It is 6.07 on this Wednesday evening. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. I'm joined by Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We're going to have a conversation about Notre Dame football right now on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. And like me, Tyler is a big hockey fan, and we were just joking before coming on the air. The growth of hockey in North America increasing by the second with Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, and Florida in the Final Four. That's just dripping original six, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy that Vegas is the northernmost city yeah. of all those sports, too. I mean, look, look at a map, and it's just insane. <laughs> well, you got to be careful as an opposing team not to fall in love with Vegas too much. But at this point of the playoffs, I if you get distracted by Vegas, then you're probably not going to last long in the postseason. But I like Dallas and Carolina to move on. I think goaltending for the Stars will be the advantage against those Golden Knights. I like the sound of that. Yeah, Jake Ottinger had a rough go against Seattle a little bit, but everyone had a rough go against Seattle. So just to oust them in seven games was huge. And then, yeah, you can't go wrong with Carolina and how good they are at home. It's almost almost like they cannot be beaten at home. And in a playoffs where I think there's been more road victories than home victories, you like having home ice advantage uh, the rest of the way if you're Carolina for sure. And if I'm not mistaken, if Dallas wins the Cup, they would have won two Cups since the Cowboys have won a Super Bowl. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the last one, the last Cup came 24 years ago, so that's <laughs> you all you need to know about the Cowboys. <laughs> well, they the Cowboys haven't gotten this far in their NFL playoffs since the mid-'90s. Pretty remarkable. Yep. All right, let's talk about your special team, Notre Dame football, for a couple of moments. I just want to touch on – what I think was an important hire by Marcus Freeman two years ago. At the time, people who have opinions, fans about who Marcus should hire, I'm not sure Chancey Stuckey was high on many people's list. There were a lot of wide receiver coach names being kicked around. But Marcus mm-hmm. went with a guy that I think was kind of a, a quiet, growing star in the industry and that is Chancey Stuckey. I'm wondering if you could offer a perspective of everything that's happened at the wide receiver position on game day and practice and on the recruiting front, how important Marcus Freeman was in, in picking Chancey Stuckey out of a, a group of wide receiver coaches. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. That only happened, what, January of 2022. So, I mean, we're, all, we're not even a year and a half removed from when – Freeman had to make that decision and some, you know, hiring a wide receivers coach isn't going to be reported on as closely as what we just saw with Tommy Reese leaving 
and all of the names that came out to be Notre Dame's next offensive coordinator. So we don't really know the specifics and particulars about how Freeman landed on Stucky. But to allude to your point, we do know that Stucky was probably not the fan base's number one choice. I think at that time it was probably Brian Hartline who was hmm. stuck firm with Ohio State and uh, a name slips me. I think it, there was a Washington uh, wide receivers coach involved. So there were definitely kind of like getting to Jared Parker. There were definitely some names on the hot board ahead of Stucky. But just from my perspective, uh, taking myself back to January of 2022, I kind of looked at his short resume and thought, why not this guy? I mean, to play, first of all, to play for Dabo Sweeney at Clemson when Sweeney was still a wide receivers coach. I mean, he's working closely with him as a player coach connection. And then to come into the coaching profession in your mid thirties and start with Dabo Sweeney kind of during Clemson's heyday. I mean, we're talking uh, four or five years ago. We all remember how good Clemson was four or five years ago, winning national titles, playing for national titles. So just kind of for that to be his mentor, I, I thought that was, huge and then he has that one season at Baylor and I mean Baylor played for a big 12 title that year I think um, you know was was kind of the cream of the crop in the big 12 and when you think big 12 you think passing offenses and high-flying wide receivers and all of that so to immerse himself in that and then to get around to your last point absolutely the recruiting uh, I'll let Mike Singer come in on Tuesdays and <laughs> kind of get deeper on the guys that are coming in future classes, but let's just look at this one class right now, this freshman class, four wide receivers at Notre Dame uh, is going to have this season in 2023. I mean, that's four wideouts who all might play right away. And again, with the Notre Dame wide receiver group, we're talking about a group that's kind of whittling down and you're saying, okay, who's left? Chris Tyree got to stay there, even though Logan Diggs, uh, moved on to LSU is kind of how thin that group has gotten. And pretty much half of these guys are freshmen. And I think Notre Dame is totally content with that, which is a complete 180 from where they were a year ago with kind of more veteran group. You know, Braden Lindsay, Joe Wilkins was still a thing at this point last year. Now you're talking about Jaden Greathouse, Enrico Flores Jr., Braylon James, Caleb Smith is coming in over the summer. Another wide receiver from Texas. Chancey Stuckey went out and got these guys from the big name states. I mean, three from Texas and then one from California. I think you'll take skill position players from those states any day of the week. He went in, cleaned house, and then I guess he did make one more point, and I'll keep this one short. When people ask me on the blueandgold.com message board, who's your favorite coach to watch at practice? Because, I mean, I can get within three feet of these guys at practice. Maybe not, uh, honestly, three feet sometimes. You're kind of standing right by them on the sideline as they instruct these guys. Chancey Stuckey is just so animated, so excited to be there. Like I said, he's a little bit of a younger coach, so he's still got some of that youthful ener energy that just plays itself into being hands-on as a teacher, and it just sticks out. And if the Notre Dame wide receiver core is really good this year, I mean, Chancey Stuckey is a name that we're going to be talking more and more about. You probably don't mind really great coaches getting better opportunities every couple of years because you want the elite of the elite, and the elite are going to get better opportunities, offensive coordinator, head coach eventually. So I have no problem maybe with Chansey only being here two years, three years. 
because if you have a coach that's here six, seven years, there might be a reason why nobody wants that individual. So I'm totally okay with that. We're talking Tyler to Tyler Horkut, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Let me just bring up one of the freshmen that Stucky brought in. Obviously, Jaden Greathouse had a dynamic performance in the Blue Gold game, double-digit catches in that game, going over 100 yards. Do you believe that, A, he has the best chance of the freshman receiver to get on the field first, and, B, do you think he will be a factor this fall? I do think he will be a factor, and Rico Flores Jr. was the one that was really sticking out to me in these practices, but I guess I I don't want to say I overlooked the fact that Jaden Greathouse was so consistent in the spring, but it's just because he wasn't really doing the flashy stuff. And then again, that, that kind of was the case in the blue gold game. You look up and he's got double digit catches for 118 yards, or whatever it was. No, 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 I mean, I think he had a, a 20 yarder or so, but a lot of them were kind of in that five, 10, 15 yard range. But the thing is, if you can do that enough and do it over and over, and then every Saturday you're ending up with a stat line of, six, seven, eight catches for 80, 90, 100 yards, you're going to end up at the end of the season having a really nice year. And I think Jaden Greathouse has the best opportunity of the freshman wideouts to do that. Now, I think Rico Flores Jr. might have a spectacular 30-yard catch over the middle where he takes a hit because I think he's, he's really sturdy and can run routes really well, and he can make those types of plays. Maybe Braylon James catches a 40-yard touchdown pass kind of like Tobias Merriweather did last year but if you're talking week in week out consistency and someone who's going to keep showing up then absolutely I think that's Jaden Greathouse hmm. all right let's move along to Antonio Carter Notre Dame picked him up out of the transfer portal the defensive back from Rhode Island he fell in love with Notre Dame so quickly he canceled opportunities to go visit Florida which he was a big fan of and also he passed on going to say hello to Brian Kelly, and LSU. So a couple of questions on Carter. Let me start with this. He's listed as a safety, but if you watch film of Carter, we watched him play a lot of cornerback last year. Do you have a gut feeling his responsibilities in Al Golden's defense? Yeah, I I think he does play a lot of safety just because I think that's the position where Notre Dame is going to need to rotate the most. In a perfect world, Cam Hart stays healthy. I mean, Benjamin Morrison's a spry sophomore. Those two guys stay on the field as much as they can at the two outside corner spots. And obviously, they're going to need a series off here and there. But, I mean, if you even go back to, I, I want to say it was the 21, 2021 season when Clarence Lewis was a sophomore, he hardly ever came off the field. And it's not like Clarence Lewis at that time or even now was a world-beating can't take off the field cornerback it's just that that's a spot where you don't have to rotate if you kind of like what you have there and I think Notre Dame obviously really likes what it has in Morrison and if Hart stays healthy so uh, if you flip that to the safety spot uh, the Brandon Joseph thing I mean I've said it here I've said it elsewhere it, it didn't really quite work out the way Notre Dame or you know anyone that roots for the Irish that because he did hold that status at one time coming in from Northwestern. He never really fully got there at Notre Dame. And it's not like Notre Dame added some, I mean, Adon Schuler, Ben Minnick, they could play a role this season, but they're both banged up right now. So you can't fully count on them. They got hurt in the spring. 
So you're counting on guys like Xavier Watts, Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown, a graduate student who, you know, once those guys, and we've talked about the linebackers so much, once guys get to a certain point in their career where you kind of know what they are, you can't expect that much more from them. So what do you have to do? You have to go add pieces for depth. And Antonio Carter might not, you know, he might not end up being any better than a DJ Brown or a Ramon Henderson, Xavier Watts, but he does add depth. And the more of those types of guys that you can get, the guys who are reliable, but maybe not the flashiest, you're going to have to play some guys like that at certain positions. If you don't have uh, that, that's the, the cure all for this is going out and, and getting another Kyle Hamilton or Brandon Joseph being what he was in that one all American season at Northwestern. Right now you don't have that. Maybe one of these guys steps up is, and is that, if it's Antonio Carter, then Notre Dame really won the transfer portal on both sides of the ball with Sam Hartman and Antonio Carter. But uh, I do see him playing safety just because right now that's a, a pretty big position of need for Notre Dame. Do you think there's a chance he could come in and start for this football team? Because I think the theme, Tyler, for the offseason, they needed to find depth at the safety position even though he only played FCS football, some of his traits sure seems like it could translate really well quickly to high-level football. So is there a chance he could be a starter for this team? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned him playing corner, so some of these stats gear itself toward that. But I look at his 17 pass breakups in the past two seasons. Talking about a Notre, team, Notre Dame team last year alone, so just one season, but across – Everyone on the defense. I mean, that includes linebackers, if they're dropping back into coverage even. 24 pass breakups over the entire team. That ranked tied for 129th in college football. and A tie for 129th in the FBS means only one FBS team was worse or had fewer passes broken up. So you love to add a guy with kind of ball-hawking skills. Again, I don't expect him to play corner because I really like what Notre Dame has there. Thomas Harper was the guy they went out and originally got from the transfer portal from Oklahoma State. It looks like he's going to play a lot of slot, corner. Uh, you have Jaden Mickey and even Clarence Lewis to kind of rotate in there. But if you can get a ball-hawking element from the safety position, which is what like Kyle Hamilton would do. I mean, he would go across the field mm-hmm. to make interceptions and, and break passes up and, and just be someone on the very back end of a defense that opposing quarterback, offensive coordinator, everyone has to say, okay, that guy's back there. He could pretty much cover this entire field. I don't know if Antonio Carter's that guy, but I don't think Notre Dame has that guy in the other safeties that I mentioned. So you just kind of put him in in fall camp, see what he can do. And I, to answer your question more directly, I think there is a, a very real non-zero chance that he comes in and is one of the two best safeties on the team. And, and that's just kind of the way Notre Dame is constructed right now. Talking Notre Dame football with Blue and Gold's Tyler Horker. Read his work at blueandgold.com. One other subject I want to get to quickly. I want to get your thoughts on what you learn, what possibly could be the role of the transfer from Ohio State, Javante Jean-Baptiste. We didn't see him in the blue-gold game. How good of a spring did he have, and how does he fit in into this Fighting Irish defensive line this fall? Yeah, I wish we would have seen more of him not even in that just in that blue gold game but just throughout practice in general uh, he was one of those guys who would show up he's in full pads I mean, he fills out the jersey well i can tell you that he's a pretty <laughs> big dude and and that's what notre dame is kind of missing uh in terms of the pass rush because 
you have Junior Tui Halamaki, you have Jordan Vitello, but I mean, those guys strike you more of like the outside linebacker type, and they are converted linebackers. So, Jean Baptiste, he's he's more of that uh, big bull rush defensive end type, and I think that's where he slots in for Notre Dame, kind of at that field end position, strong side defensive end. But uh, I'm, I'm, I just get the, the sense that, uh, you know, he comes here for a change of scenery and. Ohio State didn't quite work out for him, and we have to realize that. We have to realize that part of him coming in is that he was never really, he never really got to that point of being the go-to guy defensively for Ohio State. And when you think Ohio State, you don't even really think defense. I mean, I know Jim Knowles is there, and he's probably going to change that in the next couple of years if he hasn't already. But uh, I just wouldn't come in and expect uh, Isaiah Foskey 11, 11 and a half sack type of numbers from him I think he has the potential to make a big play here or there but I mean if you told me he only ended the year with five or six sacks and was more of a, a Jason Adamalola type or a, excuse me a Justin Adamalola type contributor coming off the edge than an Isaiah Foskey type contributor I mean I would believe that based on what I saw in the spring because I mean, availability is your best ability, and he wasn't always out there. And then we have the Ohio State track record to go off. So he's going to contribute, and he, he's probably even going to start. But I'm just not sure he's going to be the, you know, the every week, week in, week out, feared type of defensive end. Hmm. All right, Tyler, tell our listeners how they can be a part of the Blue and Gold family as we are heading toward the summer, recruiting still going on, and, hey, the start of fall practice just a couple of months away. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I guess I'll give a little spoiler uh, because in a, in a meeting this week, we, we talked about how quickly the football season's approaching and you kind of like to do countdown type series to uh, the season opener. And of course, Notre, Notre Dame plays week zero, August 26th against Navy in Dublin. And, you know, I was quick to be like, okay, how many days away is that <laughs> tomorrow? So Wednesday or, uh, yeah, what is tomorrow? Yeah, today's Wednesday. So Thursday, uh, May 18th, will be 100 days until that season opener. So we're going to have a countdown at blueandgold.com with a cool statistic related to the number of days away that the season opener is. Uh, A little teaser for tomorrow, 100. Be on the lookout there at blueandgold.com. And that's just one of the many ways. I mean, here we are in the dog days of the summer, but at blueandgold.com, we cover Notre Dame 24-7, 365. So there's always going to be some interesting stuff up there. And uh, it's definitely the place to be if you're a fighting Irish football fan. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 